The following is a presentation of the Connection Church, a place where people are being set free. If you'd like to know more information about our community, you can join us online at connectionchurchnc.com. Hey, I'm excited about being here. Hey, closing up our last week of generosity. I know some of you are like, man, will they stop talking about it? No, because Jesus talked about it a ton in the New Testament, so we're going to talk about it. But we're going to have fun this morning finishing up this series, and I'm excited about being here. Hey, if you have your Bibles, man, I'd love for you to turn to Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18. If not, it's going to be on the screen. And we're going to jump right in here if it's okay with you guys. Hey, before I get any further, I want to say this. Man, these dudes that, these ladies, dudes, dudes and dudettes, these folks up on this stage, man, do they do a good job week in and week out? Yes. And uh, every, every person on the stage this morning was up here are volunteers. You get that? So they put a lot of time and energy into practice and band rehearsal and all those types of things. They're here early. They stay late. So, man, we are honored to have such a group. This ain't all of them. This is like a third of them that's uh, connected to the worship arts. Man, that, uh, that Andy Peel, our worship director, leads. Man, they are doing a great job. Right, church? They're doing awesome. Yes, yeah, cool. I just want to throw that in there. Hey, but if you have your scriptures, Luke 18, we're going to start in verse, verse 35. 18, 35. It should be on the screen. It says, as Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard the crowd going by, he asked, what was happening? They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. He called out, Jesus, son of David. Have mercy on me. Those who led the way rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and ordered the man to be brought to him. When he came near, Jesus asked him, What do you want me to do for you? That's so Jesus, isn't it? No, really, that's so Jesus, isn't it? This thing works way better if you just respond to me when I ask you a question. All right, way better. That's so Jesus, isn't it? <laughs> yes, I knew I'd get it on the third time. Anyway, he says, verse uh, 40, he says, Lord, I want to see. He replied, Jesus said to him, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Immediately he received the sight, his sight and followed Jesus, praising God. When all the people saw it, they also praised God. God, thank you for your word. God, I pray that it would come off the page this morning. God, I pray that your word, as it always is, will be life-giving. God, it would be used to convict and to comfort. God, that you would do things in this place that you've never done before, not because of me, but because of you and your son Jesus and the Holy Spirit, all three at work. So God, have your way in this place, and we'll honor you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, listen here. I'm going to let you in on to a little wickedness of my brain. I have a interesting dynamic going on in my noggin, all right? And it, I can't explain it. But I do know for sure, 100%, I think, that I had an MRI on about two years ago, and they said, Mr. Hill, you have a brain. Yes, I have been told that, hey, dude, do you have a brain? Because you surely haven't used it. But I do have one. And I want to let you in on something, how, how I do things sometimes. Like when I read this scripture a couple of weeks ago, knowing that this week, this Sunday's coming, 
Man, I, I like to be prepared for it, right? You want the guy to come up here to be prepared. So I'm praying, God, what do you want me to do? And this is, I've, in 13 years of doing this, I've never done this before with the Scripture, and this is what I did. I always, when I read Scripture, I always take all the characters involved here and start looking, try to look at them through their eyes, you know what I'm saying? But sometimes I, I want to literally put my feet in their shoes. And I'm going to promise you, church, this. If you can start doing that, not because I do it, but if you start putting your feet in their shoes, I can promise you one thing. Things will happen. It may start jumping off the page. Because you read Scripture just like I did a minute ago. You're like, oh, that's, that's cool. Jesus healed the blind man. And he received his sight and he followed him, right? That's what you got from that, right? There is so much more to this Scripture. And then you ask the question, why is he reading that Scripture when we're talking about generosity? <laughs> Thank you for asking. This is all I'm going to ask of you. I want you to prepare. I want you to do exactly what I had to do, what God asked me to do, preparing this message. And you're going to be like, man, that's crazy. My mother's weird, man. Thank you. I'll take all those. I want everybody to close their eyes. Because when I prepare, not just yet, because you're, you're still contemplating. Did he say close his eyes? Yes, I did. There's no pot, pit pocketers in the place, all right? Unless you didn't give your tithe and your offering, and we have certain people will come by when you get your eyes closed, and we'll do that. Anyway, that's off the record. Cut that off the record, by the way. But what I want to do here is this. When I prepare this message, God asked me to close my eyes and prepare this whole message. You're like, how did you prepare? I don't know. I read it a couple times, and then I started prepping it because I memorized it. But what I memorized was not from the crowd's perspective, not even from Jesus' perspective, but from the blind man. And what was the blind man? What was he? He was blind. I mean, we're in a school, so we should know that. The blind man was blind. And what was he doing? He was begging. Y'all got that. Good. So this is what I want us to do this morning. You ready? I want you to close your eyes. I'm for real. I see you. Get your eyes open. Close them. Maybe this scripture will come off the page for you as it did for me. Man, this is it's a long walk to work this morning. Had to go get my place there on the road to Jericho. And get my can out. Do a little begging today. Man, it's hot in here. Don't know what it looks like, but man, it's hot. I feel it. I can feel it. What, what is that? What, what, what is that? Now remember, we're blind. You got your eyes closed. What is that? Wow, that sounds like a commotion. What? Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, yes. I'm about to get some jingle jingle in my can. The beggar, that's what he's thinking. I'm about to hook it up, about to get a good payday today. There's a big crowd coming towards me on the road. I knew this was going to happen. Man, it gets louder. Man, that's a lot of people. I mean, that's a lot of people. I don't know what, this, what they do. Hmm. Well, I guess I should ask. Hey, 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 what's happening? Yeah, yeah, man, what's happening, man? 
And this man rings back in his voice and said, man, this is Jesus. Man, he's a Nazareth, man. He's passing by. Oh, my. Oh, oh. Did, did he just say Jesus? Oh, the son of David? This is that guy. This is the guy that heals people. This is the very guy that I've been hearing about for years. This is that Jesus. And he's passing by my my place. My place where I, oh, my dear, this is, I'm going for it. I'm going, man, if I can just get, hey, Jesus. Hey, son of David. Hey, over here, have mercy on me. Man, what, what? And this guy from, from the, from this crowd says, hey, man, shut it, man. Sit down. Stay over there. This is Jesus passing by. Man, be quiet. What did that Moses say to me? Man, he don't know who I am. Huh. Oh, I'm a beggar. I'm nobody. Man, the crowd is so loud. I'm like, oh, my gosh. So Jesus didn't hear me first time, so I'm going to go for it. Even that mug told me to be quiet. I'm going for it. Hey, Jesus! Jesus over here! Woo, Jesus over here! Yeah, yeah, Jesus! And the crowd stops, and there's a hush comes across the crowd. Ooh, it got quiet. What's happening? That dude told me to be quiet, but they got quiet. Oh, Jesus. Did he? can't see him and I hear somebody say bring him to me maybe he's talking about me maybe they're talking about me maybe he heard me oh my dear I can't see him but maybe he heard me maybe I spoke loud enough hey man what you want from me oh my Is this the Jesus talking to me that I've heard about for years now? Is this the one that can make me whole? Did he just ask me what I wanted? I mean, I don't look like Stevie Wonder with glasses on, like trying to deny this thing. He can tell I'm blind. You, Jesus? Jesus, I want my sight. Jesus said, because of your faith, your sight has been restored. Much different. You can open your eyes. Much different than just reading it. But when it came off the page. I put my feet in the beggar's shoes. Could you imagine that scene? What would you do? When you saw for the first time, do you get it, church? This mug was blind, <laughs> and now he can see. I mean, we sing that song, right? I was blind, now I can see, or something like that. It goes some, y'all know the song, maybe? Nobody knows that song? I made it up. All right, sorry. I think there's a song out there that said, blind, now I can see. <laughs> Listen, man, when I read this story, this is the first thing I want. Listen, this is the flesh coming out. Because when I read this story, I mean, when I did this, and this is the very first thing I said, man, what's that mug told me to shut up? I want a piece. I want to give him a piece of my mind. 
Y'all, did anybody else feel that way? I'm the only one in the house thought, oh, I can see now. Where's that mug that told me to shut up and sit down? I want to talk to him. He about made me lose my chance. Nobody nobody in here? Dang, I'm, I'm selfish. <laughs> I'm about to beat somebody's eyeballs in because I've been blind now that much. I made me not blind, blind, and they're all blind. Anyway, what would you do? Man, I'm going to run up, to, other than the flesh coming out, I want to beat the brains out of the, do you realize who that might have been? It said the leader of the crowd. Would that have been one of the disciples? Could it have been? They were all traveling together, right? Could it have been the, one of the men that has seen all these miracles and saw a man on the side of the road that was blind? And could it possibly have been a disciple that told him to be quiet? Jesus is passing by? That sounds like the church. Oh, because sometimes we don't have the eyes to see. We walk by people every day. And again, you're asking me, what does this have to do with generosity? I'm getting there. Son of David, please have mercy on me is the exact words the man said. Did you see what happened when he got his sight? He did what? This the scripture said he praised him. And then what was the second thing was? Followed Jesus. A couple of things I pulled out of the scripture whenever I was studying this thing, blinded for two weeks. Every time I go in, I had to shut my eyes in a dark room or cover my face because it kind of was hard just to keep your eyes closed. But these are some things that I feel truly that God gave me to pull out of the scripture about generosity, because I think where we go wrong here is this, church. We think we can be generous by just giving. You tracking me? Oh, man, they're generous. Man, they gave X amount of dollars. Wow, they're generous. Or maybe they're the best volunteer around. Man, they're generous with their time. Or maybe they have a house and they let people use it this time. Well, they're generous with their resources. I'm not talking about that this morning. I think true generosity boils down to just a couple of things, and one of them is this. The only thing I'm going to hit on today is this. Is what does it look like to live a life, a lifestyle of generosity? Because, listen, if you have money, you can throw money at something, right? Anybody, as Pastor Brent led our devotion and setup team, and if anybody ever wants to be a part of that, just check us out. We'd love to have you. Pastor Brent said, hey, have you ever watched those commercials with the little kids in the dump and the little flies flying on their head? You know, maybe it kind of makes you compelled to maybe shed a tear, and then the commercial goes off. You know what I'm saying? Nobody's ever, y'all watch TV? Okay, they're on TV. Yeah, everybody DVR everything, so no commercials. Anyway, it's a commercial out there, and it compels you like, man, that's bad. And then the commercial goes off, and you do nothing about it. Or maybe some of your animal lovers with Sarah McLaughlin playing in the background. Ah, this dog. Oh, y'all have seen that one, had you? Oh, I hit y'all dog lovers and not people lovers. Is that? Oh, excuse me. I didn't. I wasn't supposed to say And they see this puppy that's malnourished or whatever. You see the rib cage or whatever. And it can, you know, oh, there's something inside of you. Oh, but you do nothing about it. See, a lifestyle of generosity has action to it. And this is where the man that we call the blind beggar comes in. 
a couple of things I'm gonna pull out, and then we have a we have a special guest in the house today, and I'll introduce him. Just say y'all getting ready to have a a few minutes in a, in a uh, into the, uh, a life of that understands generosity, and he's gonna talk about it in a minute, and he's gonna be on the station in just a minute. But we're gonna move through these couple of things real quick, and I think what we want to take out of the beggar, the story of the beggar, is this: to live a life style of generosity may be one of the hardest things you will do because spending's easy, right? Saving's hard, right? How about this one? It says, you have to wrote these things that says you have to be willing to ask tough questions. Do you think about the man when he's blind? Look at it, he's blind. And the dude tells him to be quiet because Jesus is passing by. He had a decision to make. Tough decisions go with tough questions. Tough questions with tough decisions. Oh, man, should I do this? Should I, should I go for it? He had to ask himself a really tough question in his brain. Some of us need to ask ourselves some tough questions about how we operate our life. Well, I make this amount of money, but, boy, I spend this amount of money. Come on with that. I can promise you, if you're doing that very long, you're going nowhere. You're tracking? Nothing said there. We've got to ask ourselves tough questions. Second thing is this. You have to be willing not to listen to the crowd. You have to be willing not to listen to the crowd. What if the beggar would have listened to the man and the crowd was so loud, but his voice had to get louder? Did you hear that crowd noise? Could you imagine how loud it would have been on the road to Jericho? It had been loud. Because why? People were excited. That was Jesus. Oh, gosh. They're celebrating. Woo. It's awesome. Sometimes we've got to not listen to the crowd. Because let me tell you something. This world will beat you down, church, if you allow it. This one. Sometimes you have to speak louder than the crowd. Sometimes you've got to speak louder than the crowd. And what I mean by this is this. When you're talking about generosity, a lifestyle of it, what he did when he spoke loud as he could go, man, I'm blind, I'm nobody, I'm at the bottom of the barrel, I'm a beggar on the social totem pole, I am nothing. But that dude's something. And I don't know this dude that told me to shut up. But I don't really care. You know what he did? He pushed all his chips in, guys. He went all in. If you want to live a lifestyle of generosity... It's time to go all in. Man, it's crazy. I love Dave Ramsey. Dave Ram- Matter of fact, financial peace. You saw it out when you came in. We're getting ready to start a class here soon. Man, you do not want, this church is about, hey, if you're in a place that you see no light at the end of the tunnel, we're not going to be the church that just, uh, oh, you know, you'll be fine. You'll work it out. No, we want to help you. But, he, but to go, in, uh, go all in, Dave Ramsey says this, man. He said, you need to live like a crazy man now. Meaning like, man, you're driving an old car, and you're you know, delivering pizzas on your third job to get out of debt because I can promise you this, one day if you stick to that plan, man, you're going to live like a crazy man later. Come on. Anybody with me on that one? Some of us can't live. We can't give nothing to anybody because we keep giving it to the bank. They own everything. got to go all in the beggar did <laughs> Woo, he was good mm, i like the beggar 
the blind man. He ain't blind anymore. Well, he's dead now, but I mean, he, he's not, yeah, whatever. Listen to this. You have to be willing to encounter Jesus. Hear me, church. This is where we're at. This is the rubber meets the road. <laughs> Could you imagine when the crowd went, shh. <laughs> Did anybody get that? The crowd went, Whoosh. Oh, that mug told the crowd to shut up. He didn't tell me to shut up. Oh, no, he told me to hush uh, yeah, That's probably not the correct terminology in church. He told me to hush up. Sorry. Simmer down. That's what they call it in D.C., Davidson County, that is. Yeah, simmer down, boys, simmer down. I got some D.C. people. Now. Where are you going, D.C., for vacation? Where's that? Davidson County. That's where I live. Come on with it. Anyway, side note. I forgot what I was even saying. <laughs> you got to be willing to encounter Jesus. Hear me, church. This is where it's at. Yeah, the beggar, when the hush came across the ground, he had to be willing. <sighs> Who's going to talk to me? Like, he's blind. Like, is that dude that told me to be quiet going to come up to me and doubt my eyes? Like, he had no clue. See, if you get in, he had no clue who was he was going to speak to. And Jesus said, what you want from me? See, some of us are scared to encounter Jesus because you know why? Because he might tell us we might need to get some things in order. Pastor Scott preached several months ago and said, hey, God asked him to get his house in order. Some of us, maybe all of us, he's asking us, get some things in order. It's time to go all in. And this last one is this. You've got to be willing to praise him, church. You've got to be willing to praise him. Some of you, I sit in the back today, and I'm thinking, man, this is maybe some of the best worship we had in the, I mean, like, it was good this morning. I mean, like, it was good. Like, good, good. And some of you just stand by this, right? It's like, they, are they in this building? No, because they ain't present. You ain't present. It's time to praise Jesus and follow him, church. Not follow the church, but follow him. You want to live a lifestyle of generosity? Maybe the hardest thing you've ever done. I'm going to invite my friend Roy Morgan. Roy, why don't you come to the stage? Uh, this is Roy Morgan. He is a friend and a past employer. I used to work for one of his companies. Roy is a a stud. Look at him, man. He's a stud. You know what I'm saying? And you know what? The rest of it, the rest of it, I ain't going to worry about it because he's just Roy and he's a dude from Wildberg. You guys have a seat right here. And uh, right here, man. Be right here. I'm going to give you this mic. Pastor Scott's got a couple questions for you. I want you guys to hear this about a lifestyle of generosity. I love what you said, Bradley, was um, we here at this church, we're not going to send you out through those doors and just say, Man, we're going to pray for you. I think the church uses that as almost a pat answer these days. Um, for just the next few minutes, man, we're going to focus on the fact that we know that probably every single one of you in here, you desire to be generous. Like, there's not any one of you sitting here today that would walk out of these rooms and say, no, 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 I'm not a generous person, and I don't want to be a generous person. And so what we want to do here is we want to give some practical steps and let you know why it's so important. Because over just, like I say, the next few minutes, we're going to talk about, man, our finances. I love financial peace. If you haven't ever taken that class, you need to take it. 
Because the first question that I want to ask you, Roy, is why is it so imperative that we as Christ followers, and especially people who want to be generous, why is it imperative that we have control over our finances? Well, Scott, I think uh, if we don't get control over our personal finances and how we, how we spend money, how we give money, what we do with every penny that God has entrusted us with, our finances... Um, really take control of us they control us and it uh, uh when we when we don't have that control over our finances it affects every part of our life it affects our marriages it affects uh our spending habits it affects uh what we can give what we cannot give it puts uh, uh unnecessary stress in our lives i can speak for per, from personal experience stresses that i've had in my life only because uh, of the debt that I had, and uh, uh, you know, being free from that is 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 uh, is freedom in and of itself. But we have to get control over it; uh, otherwise, it's going to control us. And I was just sitting here listening and knowing a little bit about your personal story. Was there just a moment in time? It wasn't like you went to a church service and heard this phenomenal message about generosity and finances. It was just the Holy Spirit must have just pricked your heart to one day you woke up and said, enough is enough. Is, is that how it happened with you? Well, yeah, I was in, uh, I'm 56 years old right, uh, right now, and, and uh, in my, when my wife Kathy and I were in our late 20s, I was uh, getting our, our uh, music business, uh, concert business started. And, uh, you know, we were the typical family. You know, you, you, you got a car payment, you've got student loans, you've got credit card debt, house payment, and... And uh, all those, we were making all the payments uh, on, on those particular debts, but we weren't financially free. And uh, I was reading a book one day by a Christian uh, business counselor back in, uh, he was very popular back in the 80s by the name of Dr. Ron Blue. And he had a book called Mastering Your Money. And uh, uh, as I read through that book, there was a whole chapter on debt. And I don't believe debt. I don't. I don't believe being in debt is a sin, but I do believe that that God wanted to, just as much as He wanted to deliver me from sin, He wanted to deliver me from debt too. I, I need to have that. He, he says, "I've come. Christ has come that He might set set us free." Well, we're not really free if we're in bondage to debt, and so um, we had all these these payments we were making, struggling to get by, trying to get a new. Uh, business up and going, and uh, the Lord just spoke to me and said, "I want you out of debt." And uh, so we 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 developed a five year plan to pay off all of our debts, and uh, it was it was challenging. We had to forego a lot of things. Every extra penny we had, we put towards getting out of debt, and uh, God miraculously uh, allowed us to get out of our debt in about two and a half years, with the exception of our of our house mortgage. But as we got all these other debts paid off, I said, man, th this feels good. I mean, just to, just to be free from this, this bondage that we've been under, uh, it, 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 it did something to our marriage. It, re it just renewed it. It, uh, it just, it, you know, you just didn't walk around all beat up all the time, you know, feeling like I owe this, I owe this, I owe this. And I thought, if it feels this good, what if I could go and get our house paid off? So we just started attacking that with a vengeance and we eventually got our house paid off but i departmentalized the debt too i had i had what i called personal debt and i had 
business debt, you know, uh, investments in real estate, investments in our, in, our, in our company and so forth. And it wasn't until about 20 years later, when I was 50 years old, that God said, hey, that, that debt that you have, those credit lines and those lines of credit you have to run your business, uh, that's personal debt too. And I, I had departmentalized it. I thought, you know what, no, that's, that's good debt because that debt makes you money. You leverage, you, you know, you have capitalization rates and investments in real estate or whatever. That, that's how you make money. But God's plan is different. It was for me at least. And, uh, and uh, when I was turned 50 years of age, the Lord said, hey, I want you to, I want you to live a, just a simple life and get all this, this business debt off of you. And we, we started attacking that and... and, and and uh, it took about 18 months, but we paid off every business debt we had. We don't borrow money at all. And the freedom that I felt in May of 2010 when I paid off that last credit line and I called the bank and said, wipe this thing clean, for the first time in my life I felt like a free man. I, I really did. And I felt like at that point I was free to serve God in any capacity he asked me to. Uh, because we weren't, we're, we weren't under that bondage. And, you know, the Bible says, when you owe debts, you're servant to the lender. And I read that scripture, and I said, well, how, can, how can I truly be a servant of God, and how can I truly be all in with him if I've got one knee bent towards Christ and another knee bent to the banker? You know, I had to be free from that debt. And um, the Lord delivered us from it. And uh, there, there's a freedom there that he wants, I believe, all of, his, all of his people to experience. Because when that happens, you've got more to give. You've got more to bless other people with. And, and that's what it's all about there. So uh, being financially free is being delivered from that bondage. Uh, just, a, just a real quick answer to this one. Do you think, um, do, you, do you believe it's possible for everyone that's even sitting in this room to be financially and debt free. Absolutely, I, I, I do. I, again, just as much as guys, just as much as God wants to give us salvation and and to free us from sin, uh, I believe He wants to free us from that bondage of uh, uh, of, uh, of debt. There's so much scripture about finances and about money and about money management. It's in a very important part of our lives, and and. Uh, why wouldn't God want us to have freedom from that part of our life as well? So, I don't need a show of hands because I know that we're striking a nerve with some people during these three weeks. And as Pastor Bradley says, we're going to unapologetically continue to talk about your money, our money, generosity, and giving because Jesus talked about it all the time. But what I want you to see here is a real life in the flesh of someone who has been where you are. And because he had a plan and he stuck to it, he's no longer in debt. And he is able because we, me and Bradley and others on our staff, we have benefited from his generosity, not necessarily his financial generosity, but the generosity that he has built into his life when it comes to his time, when it comes to his influence, when it comes to just the words that God puts in his brain. As he is generous. And so here's my last question of the morning is this. There are people out here today that long for what you just said, that long for what Scripture says and long for what we've been talking about for the last three weeks. They want it, and they're ready to start today. But there's some that just don't know where to start. Where would you tell us, where would you tell someone today, this is where you start? 
first thing I would do, Scott, is you, you, you've got to almost get a holy hate for debt. You, you've got to get to the point where I despise this. I don't want this ruling my life any longer. Uh, I want to be free from it. Until we get to that point where uh, we want to be delivered from that bondage, really the Holy Spirit can't do anything. It's got to be something we want and, and, and something that we're willing to make the sacrifices to do. So that first step is, is, is having that desire to wanting to get out uh, of, of that bondage. And secondly, start doing the things that it takes to, to, to do that. And we've got so much great curriculum through a, a Dave Ramsey, a Financial Peace University, and, and programs like that that can, can help you as a family and can teach you those principles to, to help you be free. The, the, the last thing is, is and, and in this process, uh, and I was reading this in The Blessed Life by Robert, uh, Pastor Robert Morris, is learning about the first fruit principle. Um, it's more than just tithing at the church. It's which tithe do you give the church? And if you look in, in scriptures at the Old Testament, uh, God says the firstborn is mine. That was true of, of the firstborn son. It was true of the, of the livestock that the, that the Israelites owned in the Old Testament. God says, the firstborn is mine, it is to be mine, it is to be given to me, and they sacrifice those, uh, th that livestock, the firstborn. And I learned through that principle of, of the first fruits, you don't just give haphazardly a tenth to the church, you give your first tenth. Before you pay any other bill, before you buy groceries, make your house payment, your car payment, buy clothes, anything. That first tenth belongs to God. It's his. It was his to start with, and we'll get back to him. Then you can begin giving. He starts blessing you. He, he promises it in his word that when we are obedient in our giving, he will abundantly bless you. Not so you can hoard it. We don't give to give. We, we don't give to get. We give to give. We give to, in, uh, in being obedient to the Holy Spirit in our life. He wants to bless us. Why? So we can be a, a bigger blessing to others. And uh, so I think if you do those three things, that's the best way to get launched in the right direction. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Hey, give it up for Roy. Roy Morgan. Thank you. Thank you. Real life examples, man. That's what we're about. And uh, we want you guys to be a real life example. That's the reason we talk about it. Um, and as we close here, I want to I I share this little piece of the puzzle is this what comes with a lifestyle of generosity is exactly what Roy just said there comes freedom and some of us have never experienced what true freedom feels like like maybe you've been freed from an addiction to something maybe you have maybe you've been freed from a job you're like good night I'm glad I'm out of there but some of you are still missing a piece of freedom. And it's the, sta the statement that we don't want something from you. We want something for you, church. About eight months ago, I had lunch with Roy. And um, about six and a half years before that, which would be about seven and a half years, Deidre and I were, um, we were young, married. We had two kids. And um, and I worked a job 
one income, family of four. And man, we just saw the mounting of debt continue. We just did. Because one income, I mean, was it worth her going to work with a child? You know the whole deal. You kind of work it in your brain. And seven and a half years ago, God asked me, he said, Bradley, do you want to live a, a lifestyle of generosity? And I said, yes. And I don't know what that even looks like. Like paying for somebody's meal at the restaurant? Eh, that, that, that's a little piece of it. But do you want to be free from the state in which you are in? Hence, the beggar. You ask why the beggar on a generosity? Because he wanted to be freed from the state in which he was in. A lifestyle of generosity. I said yes seven and a half years ago, and we started this journey of paying debt. It's about, to be honest, it was about sixty thousand bucks. Sixty thousand bucks on one income, on doing what we had to do to make it happen. Hear me, church. This is glory to God, not glory to me. I've never even, I don't know, even shared this publicly. But I had lunch with Roy about seven or eight months ago, and we had it down to the short rows. And we knew that we had that amount of money in our bank account to pay for it, but that's it, seven months ago. We knew we had enough. And he said, Bradley, you will never experience freedom, true freedom, until you get rid of that. And I walked away in tears that day and went home and took almost every dollar out of our bank account that day and paid that bill off. Let me tell you something, church. You know what I felt like? I felt like this. I felt like the blind beggar when he was standing face to face, but he didn't know he was standing face to face. Many of us don't know that we're standing face to face with the enemy because we're blinded. But I was standing face to face with Jesus, just like he was. That was gone. I was like, I don't know how we're going to do it. It just happened. Eight months ago, it just started happening. And I don't know why it started happening. Only because Jesus has set me free. And I, in this lifestyle I wanted, he started to give me. So I ask this question today. All I want is one person in the house to say, you know what, Bradley? I want to live a lifestyle of generosity. I want that freedom. Listen, it doesn't come easy, church. Let me tell you, it does not come easy. It does not come easy. It may be ramen noodles for the next year. Bring it on. Some shrimp and chicken flavored ramen noodles. Woo! Y'all must not know nothing about ramen noodles. And when me, mom, and poppy come to the house and they bring that casserole, woo! It's good. You know, you're like, you kid the fatty calf and and my mom and dad come over, and you know you're getting a good bill. Bring it. Woo! Anybody feeling me here? No, 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 no. Don't clap for me. I mean, do you hear me? There's freedom in the lifestyle of generosity. If you want to be free, like the beggar, you want to be face-to-face with him and not face-to-face with the enemy. I only want one. Would one person stand up to say, you know what? I want to surrender today to a lifestyle of generosity. Just one person. All I'm asking is for one person to stand up in the house today. Everybody look at everybody, eyes open. Who would say, I want to live. Thank you. Are you sure? Are you sure? Because the man that led the crowd told that dude to sit down. We got to get louder than the crowd. 
Amen. I got one. Do I, any, I got two. Anybody else want to say they want to live a lifestyle of generosity in the house? Anybody else? Thank you. Hey, don't stand up if you don't want to make this commitment. Because there's freedom in it, church. There's freedom in it. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to give more. Not to get more, but so we can give even more and even more and even more. God, we love you. Won't you exalt him today? Won't you everybody stand and finish worship?